is Christian Questions. Thomas Stephen Saz once said, In the animal kingdom, the rule is eat or be eaten. In the human kingdom, define or be defined. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with a Purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. Jonathan, the best part is this. We talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. You can also contact us at our website, ChristianQuestions.com. I'm Rick. And I'm Jonathan. And folks, we're truly glad you've chosen to be with us here this morning. Although I'm not sure Jonathan is glad he's chosen to be here with me this morning. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. What's up with you, brother? Do I have to read what we're going to talk about? Yes, you do. It's part of your contract. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. So what's the subject? It's, okay, here we go. How bad can white witchcraft be? And our theme text is found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. Okay, so the question, how bad can white witchcraft be? In just a few days, we all know what's going to happen. The costumes will come out, the candy will be distributed, and the parties will roar on. The ghosts, the goblins, the skeletons, the superheroes. The Bible characters. Yeah, the Bible characters, yeah. the princesses, and the ballerinas all will engage in a happy celebration of Halloween. Ironically, the night where pagan tradition says the veil between the spirit world and our world is thinnest and therefore can be crossed by evil spirits. Now, I think about that for a second, and anyway. Great. Halloween is based entirely on paganism. Wicca, white witchcraft, is an outgrowth of paganism. So... Is Wicca something that we should be afraid of? Is Wicca something that we should be friendly with? What is Wicca? What is white witchcraft? And the fact that it says it's white witchcraft, I mean, how bad can it be? Well, white is my favorite color. Well, okay, so there you go. But, but <laughs> I don't like the witchcraft okay. part. <laughs> All right. Now, now here, here, and here is what we are really going to be looking at, folks, uh, this morning. We are going to do an in-depth look at... Um, uh, let me let me back up. Much to the chagrin of everybody else in the studio. <laughs> there you go. Thank we, you. <laughs> and I mean everybody else in the studio. We are going to be doing an in-depth look at, at Wicca this morning because it's important to understand what it is, how it works, and why we think it is something that is utterly and completely off-limits and extraordinarily dangerous. And we're going to explain all that as we go through the program. Um, so... If uh, if you have experience and would like to share that with us, if you maybe you know some witches, I do. Um, maybe uh, maybe you've dabbled it in it yourself. We'd love to hear from you at eight six six nine eight five four two five five. Toll free eight six six nine eight five four. All we are live Sunday mornings from seven to nine, and that means we're on right now. And our website christianquestions.com. Okay, so let's get started. First of all, what is paganism, and what is Neo-paganism. That's a, it's a kind of a phrase that sort of has uh, um, come into play in the last several years. And I'm going to go ahead and read something, uh, the definition. Yes, you are. This is from religioustolerance.org. When one defines oneself as pagan, it seems she or he follows an earth or nature religion, one that sees the divine manifest in all creation. 
The cycles of nature are our holy days. The earth is our temple. Its plants and creatures are partners and teachers. We worship a deity that is both male and female, a mother goddess and a father god, who together create all that is, was, or will be. We respect life, cherish the free will of sentient beings, and accept the sacredness of all creation. Okay, and that was uh, Edane McCoy, a, a, a pagan individual, gave that explanation. And, and, and when we talk about uh, paganism, Jonathan, and we talk about witchcraft, um, most of the quotes that we're going to be reading are actually from, um, most of them are from um, uh, Wiccan websites. Be- the, the true source. Right, because again, I want to try to represent it from their own words rather than somebody's interpretation of their own words, because we want to be accurate, we want to be sure. fair. Okay, so the idea here is that uh, paganism is a ancient ancient belief system that is very varied, and it is really based on nature. So it worships the created. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See, you're already getting ahead of me there. Okay. He wants to make sure you know that <laughs> that, <laughs> that qualifies as idolatry. Right. Right, right off the bat. And, and, but you're right. It, it's an important thing to understand, but it is all nature-based and natural energy-based. But we love nature. Of course. And, and that's why this is such an important subject. Okay, because if we, we, we should love nature. We should really, truly love and respect nature. So we're, we're going to be going through several sound bites this morning, and we're going to have three different sound bite sources uh, today. One is neutral. It's a, it's a, it's a university study, and, and the, the young lady is presenting her, her, her findings and her observations. The second is actually a Wiccan teacher, okay, a, 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 a woman who is, look, I, I, I did a lot of research on this. She's a very good teacher. Uh, in terms of Wicca. I'm not saying she's teaching a good thing. I'm saying she's a good teacher. And then the third source is a, 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 uh, a, uh, an investigation against Wicca. So we've got something neutral, something pro, and something against. And then to tie it off, we have Jonathan and Rick uh, and the scriptures. That's how we're going to be doing right. this this morning. Okay, okay, so let's get started uh, just with the... Uh, what is uh, paganism question? And this is from uh, Witchcraft, Wicca, and Druidry. So, what is neo-paganism? It can be defined as a nature religion or earth-based spirituality because characteristically pagans have a very deep spiritual connection to the natural landscape. But there's a problem in strictly defining it as a religion because many followers or practitioners of paganism would view it more as a philosophy or a way of life. And also, a lot of people have a problem with the term religion itself because they connect that more with institutionalized religion and they see spirituality as something different to that. So, paganism is an umbrella term or a catch-all term for a whole range of different magical and spiritual traditions. Okay, and that last statement I think was important. Paganism is, is a catch-all term for a whole range of magical and traditional spiritual experiences or conditions. And the idea of magic is something we're going to get into and, and try and understand a little bit. Now, do I want folks to get into magic? Absolutely, positively not, because it's not a good place to go. It's a dark place to go. Even, you, even when you call witchcraft, uh, white witchcraft, magic is a dark place practice. And we'll just make that statement as, as we begin here. 
And we can actually tell that by looking at Deuteronomy chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. And it's, the interesting thing, before you read this, Jonathan, is that even in the early history in the Old Testament, you have dramatic references to paganism in Scripture. And dramatic instruction as to how to deal with paganism in Scripture. And Deuteronomy 12, 2 and 3 are, are some of these dramatic instructions. You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess serve their gods, on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. So God is telling Israel, as you go into different lands and you, and you take these lands, you're going to have these, the, these pagan places that are there, uh, temples, if you will, and so forth, destroy them. We don't want to reuse them. We don't want to recycle them through. He says, destroy them. You shall tear down their altars and smash their sacred pillars and burn their ashram with fire. And you shall cut down the engraved images of their gods and obliterate their name from that place. So when you see that, what is God saying to Israel about the, these pagan uh, uh, beliefs and rituals? How dangerous it truly is. Right. He's saying, I don't want to see one single vestige of those things left. So that gives you a hint as to how important it is to understand what it is you're dealing with. Because, you know, if, if Israel came into these places and, and, and left things just, just around, you begin to allow those things to incorporate into your own thinking. And that's what God was, was, was um, worried about and, and instructing against with Israel. It, it says something here, Jonathan, in, this, in that scripture, you know, smash their sacred pillars and burn down their asherim. With fire, and so what is this? Uh, what is this ashram uh, thing? And we're going to go to a website called from uh, from outside the camp, uh, uh, and it's under the heading "Did you know?" The Old Testament mentions a pagan goddess from which the festival of Easter is derived. This goddess was the goddess of fertility and sexual lust, known as the Ashereth or Ashereth. Each spring, the pagans would set up phallic poles called Asherahs under trees on high hills and celebrate their fertility festival with unbridled sexual perversion. This is how the Maypole originated. So, look, is it comfortable to talk about stuff like this? No. No. But it is... It's not even easy to read. (laughs) Well, I can't say as I blame you, but understand why do you do it? Look, it's in the scriptures, okay? God is, is, is explaining that these kinds of things do not belong... With my children. That's what he's saying. These kinds of things are an abomination before God Almighty. Tear them down. And now, I want to pause here for a second because you say, okay, tear them down. Does that mean she go and, and hunt down every person who practices witchcraft? That's not what, that's not what we're no, here, here no, about. Because no. you know what? The, 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 you can have wonderful people who are wicked. And again, I know some, and they are, they're, they're, they're wonderful people. I just think they're involved in a, in a practice that is, is dangerous and dark. Mm-hmm. Okay, and again, we'll, we'll unfold that. But it's not about the people. No, Rick, it's as Christians, we're to hate the sin, but love the sinner. Exactly, and we are all sinners. Yes. And so the idea is to identify what is dark and, and dangerous about these kinds of things? And that's what we are doing uh, here this morning. So, okay, so we understand this, the, the ashram and the sacred pillars and the altars and the, and the groves of the trees that they, they do their, their um, rituals in. Let's go to a little bit further, a little bit further in understanding paganism. This is from uh, Wikipedia. 
very clever play on words there, uh, about neo-paganism. Neo-paganism is either the modern practice and adaptation of ancient religion or a new religion based on either ancient or new religious concepts, but usually based on a combination of these. Neo-paganism means simply modern or contemporary paganism, and there are many varieties, although they tend to share some characteristics. So paganism is a broad a uh, broad stroke definition of what we understand Wicca to come from. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so that, that's what it is. Right. Let's go to, um, again, to our neutral source, our college study on defining uh, Wicca, witchcraft, uh, and druidry. And this is about, polythe- about polytheism, many, many gods. So paganism can be said to be polytheistic as opposed to monotheism which is the belief in one god so poly is many and uh, again it's the old religion as it's described going back further than Christianity it's also been described as pantheistic Uh, that's the belief that the sacred is inherent in nature that the, the landscape itself is divine and a similar concept is animism or the belief that uh, everything, even inanimate objects, have their, has its own soul or spirit, and we're all connected on a spiritual plane or connected by energy. So a lot there, and it's talking about the idea that there are gods and spirit everywhere, in rocks and in trees and in plants and in grass. There is spirit. That's what what she's saying, and she's you know she's doing this investigation on the matter, and and seeing all of that. And you know she said you know it's pantheistic. You know you know the story Peter Pan that everybody loves so much. Oh yeah, it's all based on paganism. It just it's it just is, and and there's so many things that we see that we don't realize have their base in paganism. What what does the scripture say? about these, these multiple gods. Real quick before our break, Jonathan, Romans 1, 20-23. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what he has made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of a corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling things. So the the concept here is professing to be wise, they became fools. And there is a professed wisdom in Wicca and paganism that is nature-based. And that profession, what we're going to see, is really not very smart at all. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how bad can white witchcraft be? Coming up, what is witchcraft and is Wicca synonymous with witchcraft? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how bad can white witchcraft be? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And don't forget to get our free app for your smartphone. 
Go to your app store and type in Christian Questions, and it brings you to Christian Questions in every way that you can imagine. That's right. It's a beautiful thing. It's all it's all uh, free service. Uh, Jonathan, we, we talked in the last segment about paganism, and we were talking just during the break about how paganism has infiltrated uh, Christianity it really in has. a major way. Now think about it. You know, when when we when 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 Christians talk about Easter Sunday, what are they talking about? The goddess of fertility. Well, yeah, but see, that's where the name comes from. But they're really talking about the resurrection of Jesus. But they got it all mixed up, right? When we talk about Christmas, what are we talking about? Do you understand that Jesus was not born at the end of December? He was. If not. you do the math, he was born in maybe October or yep. right, right in that Early area, October somewhere. Yep. And 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 the idea of having the Christmas holiday. In December, the birth of Jesus in December was to match with and to combat paganism. Paganism, right? Noel, because Yule, yes, tie. all of those things. <laughs> Christmas trees, pagan. Yeah, I mean, the, so we we live in a society that has been has been swept through by paganism over generations and generations. I don't know that we and even it seems realize like it. common, you know, understand. It doesn't seem like it's bad. Right. Right. Right, and 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 we'll we'll come up with more examples as we go. So let, let's focus now a little bit, um, much to Jonathan's uh, disappointment. We're mm-hmm. going to focus on witchcraft this segment, and Ooh. Wikipedia. No. <laughs> come on now, <laughs> Wikipedia defines witchcraft how. Witchcraft, uh, also called witchery or spellcraft, broadly means the practice of and belief in magical skills and abilities that are able to be exercised individually, by designated social groups or by persons with necessary esoteric secret knowledge okay so it's the practice of magical skills that's mm-hmm. what witchcraft is spells yes the okay. and and there's a we'll, we'll we'll develop that a little bit more a little bit later and there are several things uh that 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 pagans pledge to do I, and and i have a list of, of, of a pagan pledge it's like 35 points just one point from a specific pagan pledge uh, from one of those websites this is the quote may i always be mindful that the goddess and god and all their forms dwell within me and that this divinity is reflected through my own inner self my pagan spirit end quote okay so (laughs) he's making sure you understand (laughs) these are not jonathan's words (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing that we're friends because uh. he'd really be all over me on this. Uh, and just understand, the, 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 the concept is a tying in with great spiritual power that they say permeates through everything. Okay, and, and that's what paganism is. Witchcraft is the practice of harnessing that power to do different things. That's a very basic rudimentary uh, explanation. Now, let's take a look at the biblical mention of witches because yes the bible deals with this and we need to understand the seriousness of what we're talking about by looking at scripture exodus chapter 7 verses 8 through 11 the lord said to moses and aaron when pharaoh says to you perform a wonder then you shall say to aaron take your staff and throw it down before pharaoh and it will become a snake so moses and aaron went to pharaoh and did as the lord had commanded aaron threw down his staff before pharaoh and his officials And it became a snake. Then Pharaoh summoned his wise men and the sorcerers, and they also 
the magicians of Egypt did the same by their secret arts. So the sorcerers were were the those who were witches, if you will, in those days. Now understand, you know, everybody knows the story of of Moses and and Pharaoh That's right. and Israel in the land of Egypt and the ten plagues and, and let my and, people go. And Moses' serpent swallowed the sorcerer's right. serpent. But here's the thing: understand that pagan that that Egypt was a pagan. Nation. Yes. They had a god for everything. The god of the Nile River, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so forth. Matter of fact, the ten plagues were direct confrontation of different gods that Egypt had. Isn't that interesting? So God himself was making a statement about the paganistic views of life that Egypt had. And, and so God was is and some other gods have crept into Christianity, but that's another subject. That's another subject. So so this whole thing is is very 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 uh, um, difficult, and, and and it spreads so so far. Use of witchcraft based on multiple gods, paganism, uh, like I said, was rampant in Egypt, and it's rampant here today. We're focusing a little bit on witchcraft now, and let's go to another soundbite. This is from an actual Wiccan practitioner. Uh, and she's talking about, it's from a, a, a YouTube thing, Calling the Elements in Ritual. And she's talking about the elements uh, as building blocks. Now the elements, earth, air, fire, and water, they really originate from the four phases of matter, where you have solid, liquid, gas, and plasma. Uh, of course, solid is earth, uh, gas is air, plasma is fire, and, wa- and water or liquid. Liquid is water. And, um, you know, these four elements, earth, air, fire, and water, make up everything, both spiritual and physical. And if you think of the elements, you can think of them like building blocks, the basic building blocks to creating what it is that you want to manifest in your spell or in your ritual. Okay, so she talks about four elements, earth, air, fire, and water, and she said... They are building blocks. Now, this is important because what this is going to do is is going to help us to understand some of the process and some of the thinking behind magic. And the idea is magic is the drawing, again, of energy from different sources to combine with your own personal energy to create some kind of a change before you. And you're deciding what that change will be. Okay, that's... that's, and, And she's saying that... The four basic building blocks of all this are earth, air, fire, and water. And these are, these are four very basic things that the earth brings forth to us. Now, is there anything wrong with earth, air, fire, and water? Nothing. Okay. Are they the basic building blocks of our world? Yes, God made it that way. Okay. <laughs> See how particular he is, folks, this morning. <laughs> so the uh, the idea is it's taking something that now here's the thing it's taking something that is true and that, good and observable mm-hmm. but making those true good and observable things into something they're not meant to be that's where we we run into so it takes you know every great lie has a lot of truth behind it right right okay. uh, to uh, make it good right <laughs> to make it appealing yes well and that's what the, the kind of road we're going down now so let's just go through a, a few bullet points on uh, white witchcraft and the practice of white witchcraft. This is from awakenthewitch.com. Um, so, Jonathan, we'll, we'll alternate. Will you start? Practice to provide good intentions to the people around you. Now that sounds good, right? It does. Okay. The practitioners are often said to have a Wiccan faith. This is a religion which is guided by modern pagan beliefs. It allows one to look in the earth and aspire for its development. Okay. Practitioners believed in the threefold return, 
The belief says that for every good action you make, the return of this is three times in magnitude. This also applies in the bad side. However, Wiccan practices does not encourage bad practices in life. So they're saying there's a return, you know, for good and a return for bad, but Wiccan practice is saying only do good things. Mm -hmm. That's what they're saying. Okay. Okay? And that's true. That's Mm -hmm. what they're saying. No problem with that. That's exactly what they're saying. Practitioners normally utilize prayers and rituals. They use spells to provide luck to the people around them. And then practitioners also use objects which are highly useful for witchcraft. Some witches utilize talismans and crystals. They are said to benefit a lot from such objects. And we're going to talk about a little bit about that in terms of divination uh, in a little while. So that's a, a few bullet points on understanding witchcraft. But that first point, Jonathan, was practice to provide good intentions to the people around you. And the, the premise behind uh, white witchcraft is not is not a, a, a dark, I want to harm. That reminds me of the scripture. Satan will, will uh, turn into an angel of light. Mm-hmm. Light meaning good, looking good on the surface. Here's the difference. Now, it's going to sound like I'm defending witchcraft, so just stay with me, okay? <laughs> the difference is Satan appears as an angel of light so that he can be a deceiver. Right. Those who practice white witchcraft, I don't believe, are trying to deceive. I think they're trying to actually do something good. Okay. The problem is the tools and the methods that they've chosen are inherently dark. And so when you try to do something good, you can have the greatest intention in the world. But if you're using the wrong kinds of methods and tools, that intention inevitably at some point down the road is not going to end up where you want it to be. Gotcha. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And if you have any questions on our subject, give us a call at ChristianQuestions.com and let Rick know what you really think of the subject. (laughs) Don't forget, that's ChristianQuestions.com. Yeah, you can email me at Rick at ChristianQuestions.net as well. R-A-C-K, Rick at (laughs) ChristianQuestions.net. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 33, 1-6. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord disposed before the sons of Israel. So you remember in Deuteronomy, God said, destroy all of those, those yeah, pagan things? we read it all. Well, yeah. Manasseh didn't. Uh-oh. For he rebuilt the high places, which Hezekiah, his father, had broken down. He also erected altars for the Baals and made ashram and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served them. So you see how the king of Israel got... That's trouble. Yeah, he got completely sucked in. And these were abominations before God Almighty in Israel. Listen to what he did next. He made his sons pass through the fire in the valley of Ben-Hinnom. Okay, so, so offering, offering children in sacrifice to gods. Oh, that is unbelievable. And what else did he do? Keep going. He practiced witchcraft, used divination, practiced sorcery, and dealt with mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. So it's a very, very sad story that we have of what a Manasseh king did. king of Israel. Yeah, and, and wow. you know, Hezekiah did such a good job at, at following God's uh, law and, and, and command, and Manasseh just reversed it all. And what it tells us, Jonathan, is these things are tempting to the flesh. They are just tempting. Let's go back to uh, another um, soundbite. This is from the Against Wicca um, source, the danger and deception of Wicca, and just get a sense of the allure uh, 
and dangers of, of Wicca from this, uh, this source. I thought that I could have anything I wanted, you know, money and people that wouldn't hurt me. The concept of drawing down the moon is drawing the energy that is symbolized through the moon as the goddess and the divine into the circle. The whole point of the New Age Eastern Meditation Wiccan thought is to take control of what they believe are powers within ourselves or powers outside in nature and be able to use them, manipulate them for our own purposes. We need to put signs, we need to put warnings on occult paraphernalia or where children are concerned if they're going to get involved in things to say that there are very, very severe dangers potentially available to be happening. And the, you know, the whole concept of being a god is pretty powerful, you know, that, that's the big draw for people. So you can see that there, there is that draw, the, the concept of, of having power and learning to control and manipulate power to do what you want it to do. That's scary, and how you, appealing it could look. Yes. It, it, look, it is appealing because people want to have power and control in their lives. And we talked about white witchcraft, what white cr- witchcraft is based on. Let's go through some very quick bullet points on black witchcraft. We're not going to dwell on black witchcraft, but it's just important to compare the two. Practitioners perform acts which are spiteful and provide harm to others. They utilize unnatural acts which inflict danger to a number of people. With this, their enemies can be washed away or banished in a certain place. They conduct negative acts in order to punish spiteful enemies for their selfish gain. Practitioners use black magic. Nonetheless, black magic is not solely used for negative sense. It can also provide the best hopes to those people who are hurt and need to regain strength through fighting back. And Jonathan, that is a very important point because what it's saying is black magic can be positive. And, oh my. And, and so you can, you can move that bullet point up to the, the white side, if you will, in certain conditions. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Continuing, people do not take black magic lightly. They tend to fear the practitioners of black witchcraft. The magic used in this kind of witchcraft is a common source of misconception. Practitioners sometimes fear the negative consequences of black magic. So uh, there, there is definitely a difference between um, white witchcraft and black witchcraft in terms of the, the, the process uh, that's being used and the way things look. Now here's an observation I think that's really important. In the scriptures, there is not a separation between black and white magic. No, there isn't. Not at all. What does that tell you about how God sees and understands all of these things? Black magic, white magic, it doesn't matter. God condemns it all. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how bad can white witchcraft be? Coming up, what are the rules that Wiccans follow? Rick, do we really need to know? Let's talk about something else. (laughs) No. Oh, well. That's next. (laughs) You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how bad can white witchcraft be? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, 
ChristianQuestions.com. And don't forget to sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition. Uh, you may not want to look at this program, yes, CQ you Rewind, do want to look but you'll at want this. to look at all the other Jonathan, ones. <laughs> Jonathan, look, folks, the reason we're talking about this is because it's important that we understand it because it, it, it permeates all of our society. And, and again, it's I, true. It does. And, and, and I want to say, I know some people who are Wiccan, and they are wonderful people. They really are wonderful people. I have nothing against the people. I have something dramatically against the practice, the methods, and the sources that they go to to draw their strength and their power and and all of that. So I want to make that perfectly, utterly, abundantly clear. It's not about the people. It's about the craft itself. So let's go to another soundbite, again, from a witch, ironically enough. uh, And talking about, we're going to be talking about how they, they... understand those four elements remember earth wind fire and water mm-hmm. how they understand each of those four elements what kind of quote power unquote comes from them this is the focus on earth so let's start with earth what do you know about earth when you think of the element of earth it represents the physical we know that it's the um element closest to parenthood or motherhood it's feminine in energy it's receptive in energy uh, femininity is receptive energy, whereas masculinity is projective energy. Uh, the element of earth is all about stability and structure. Everything has some sort of organization and structure because everything contains the four elements. Uh, the element of earth represents discipline, grounding, the material. It reminds us that materialism is okay. It's the element of abundance. You're looking to attract abundance into your life or manifest something related to materialistic gain. In the- so she give, gives you a sense of how they view the element of earth in terms of witchcraft, in terms of when they look to draw energy from the earth, those are the, the things that they're looking to draw from the earth. And the phrase Mother Earth really follows It really does. It? Well, and guess where it came from? <laughs> hmm. Hello? So that's why it's important to, to get all this. So l- let's put that on the shelf for now. And you asked at the end of the last uh, segment about rules that Wiccans follow. There's yes. one basic rule, quote unquote. It's called the Wiccan Read, R-E-D-E. And it's a really simple thing. It says, and if it harm none, do as ye will. So let's do a little bit of looking into that. Let's go back to religioustolerance.org in terms of Wiccan ethics. Wiccan have ethics which are different in nature than most one-god religions, which hand out a list of do's and don'ts. We have a single, extremely powerful ethical principle which initiates our responsible, uh, are responsible for applying in specific situations according to their best judgment. That principle is called the Wiccan Read, Old English for Rule, and it reads, And if I harm none, do as ye will. Based on the earlier mention of true will, you will understand that the reed is far more complex than it sounds, and is quite different than saying, do whatever you want as long as no one is hurt. Finding out your will is difficult sometimes, and figuring out what is harmful rather than just painful or unpleasant is not much easier. So those who are practitioners of Wicca say that this, this uh, r- r- uh, rule, if you will, is very, very specific and very profound. If whatever it is you're doing will harm none, do what you will. Not do what you want, but do what your inner personal will 
is dictating to you. And so that's a, there's a big difference between that and just a, a flighty thought that goes through your head. Mm. You know, I think I want to hit that person in the head. That's not what your will is. That might be a, a, a flighty thought. Okay. Okay. So there, there, there is a there is a depth to this, but again, it's not something that we look at and say, well, you know, this is something we want to abide by because we have Christian principle, we have biblical principle that tells us it does tell us many, many do's and don'ts. It does, and we're glad for that. Oh, we are because we are. humanity is flawed inherently because we're sinful. We need guidance. Yes, we do. Let, let's go to before we go to the phones. Let's go to a, a quick biblical principle as to where you know where did paganism come from? Where did witchcraft come from? Where I can tell you exactly where these things all originated, and it's in shows us in Isaiah 14 verses 12 to 14. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation and in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And this is, this is prophetically speaking of Satan's desire and then Satan's fall from heaven. Yes. And the focus was on his desire to be like God. Aye, 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 aye. Yeah, that's right. That, that's here. right, there are. <laughs> and what, what damage is Satan doing by doing, as, doing his will? Because, see, this is the expression of his internal personal will as a very, very powerful spirit being. In his mighty spiritual mind, would this exercising of his will hurt anyone? Was he out to, 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 to destroy things? Or was he out to just simply elevate himself in power and glory? See, I think he was out to just elevate himself inappropriately to be like God. And it did harm And others. of course it did. And that's the point. If this great, big, strong, powerful spiritual being would, would, would inflict such harm by doing as his will dictated, then what would happen when human beings do the same thing? Mm. And and you can see not good. And and, and again, it's it's the idea the, the the Wiccan the pagan principle of we are all gods. Satan was the first to proclaim that and to 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 try to actually um, get it uh, to, to apply to him, and and so he rebelled. Um, not good. Not good at all. No. Well, Rick, let's go to the phones. We have Julius from Connecticut. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. Uh, you've had this, uh, this uh, topic before each, uh, every year. It's always refreshing. It's always informational to me. Appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I'd I like to read something for you uh, quickly here. And I, I'm going to start at the end and then go backwards. And uh, to go to the front. That's uh, uh, let's see. It's got to be chapter twenty-three of uh, Second Book of Kings. Second Kings, chapter twenty-three, verse. Can I see here? Uh, verse twenty-five. Second Kings, chapter twenty-three, verse twenty-five. It says, "From the Good News Translation, there had never been a king like him before, who served the Lord." with all of his heart, mind, and strength, obeying all the law of Moses. Nor has there been a king like him since. Now, I started at the end here. The king is an eight-year-old king named Josiah. And uh, it's interesting how, when he's introduced, he mentions his mother right away, mm -hmm. meaning that he was tutored 
And I remember years ago, maybe seen a note about him that there was a prophetess named Hulda, if I, if I remember correctly, who tutored, you know, eight years old. But the 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 uh, uh, connection here is if you go back to uh, chapters 20, 23 here, the whole chapter, uh, I'll just read the headline to you, uh, the subheading. Josiah, this eight-year-old king, Josiah does away with all pagan worship. And Mamma Mia, he was a wrecking crew. All the things he destroyed in the temple, he even had, uh, you know, these uh, uh, pagan priests killed. So uh, uh, paganism is, is the thing that uh, Jehovah God abhors right from the beginning. And uh, you hit the nail on the head when you went right to the, the author. That's Satan himself. God bless. Thanks. Thank you, Joyce. Appreciate your call. And interesting point because Josiah is is recognized as a very mighty king uh, in in the eyes of Israel and the eyes of God. And one of the reasons he was recognized that way is because he followed God's commands and did not. And here's the thing: he did not allow paganism to permeate into Judaism while he reigned. He kept Judaism and paganism separate. And that's why we talk about things like this, because we don't want paganism rampant in our Christianity. And unfortunately, Jonathan, in general Christianity, paganism is all over the place. Oh, it is. It's everywhere. It's in every part of our society. I mean, understand something, just a side point before we get back to the Wiccan read. Star Wars, you know the series Star Wars? Sure. The whole con- series, Star Wars is entirely based on paganism. The, the concept of the Force... You know, may the force be with you. That sounds familiar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, the, the whole point of that, uh, pagans use that phrase now to describe their, the, the, the energy that they're trying to draw from. They call it the force. So, you know, that was a story, or was it a story? You, mm, you follow me? It's I based do. in the reality of belief systems that are out there, and that's what we have to be, be careful of. You know, this Wiccan read, this Wiccan rule, if in harm none, do as ye will. And we won't read through all of this because it's, it's, it's kind of complicated, but I wanted to try to figure out, well, what's the, how old is that phrase? Where did it come from? And because it's commonly spoken that, that uh, you know, Wicca is based on ancient, ancient, ancient religions. That's what they always say. Right. And that's true. But the Wiccan read is not ancient. You have some ideas of it, not as a, as a, as a phrase, from a 16th century novelist. Uh, then you have some concepts of it from Aleister Crowley in, 18, in the 18, late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and, and that's where it starts to come from. Uh, and, that, and that was in a book written in eight, 1904, uh, Book of the Law. And just this last couple of lines, Jonathan, in this section, who calls us? Yes, who calls us? Thelemites will do no wrong if he look but close into the word, for there are therein three grades, the hermit and the lover and the man of earth. Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. So you don't even have the first part in that. No, you don't. 1904, if it harm none, do what thou wilt, comes into play around 19, in the 1950s. Wow, so that's a modern right. day so, definition. So while the, the concept of witchcraft is ancient, mm-hmm. the concept of Wicca is not at all. It's about as old as I am. 
Okay, that's that's about where, where well, we're coming. Well, that from. is old. Well, so <laughs> <laughs> and you're almost as old as I am. Oh, too. that's right. Okay, <laughs> so here, so here's another observation based on all this. Because Wicca is truly a modern day religion with ancient roots, we can easily see how the focus of the difference between white and black magic is modern day as well. Gotcha. And that, to me, is an important uh, understanding because in the in we have one minute before the... Oh, my goodness. I really messed this one up. Okay. Um, let, let's quick do a soundbite, uh, Matt. Let's go to the next one, The Danger and Deception of Wicca. Debbie says that her practice is harmless. She adheres to the witch's code of ethics or their read. And if ye harm none, do what thou will. The way it's written, um, it's not dictating to you exactly what you need to do. You need to really think about the consequences of your behavior and how, what implications those have, be it good or bad. Matriciana says Wicca's ultimate purpose is to bring on change not for the good of others, but for the benefit of self. If I am self-centered and I want to do some magic or a spell that will benefit me, I am immediately becoming self-centered enough and egotistical enough to think that it's not going to harm somebody else. So that's a very, very, very important principle in Proverbs 16, 18, and 19. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before stumbling. It is better to be humble in spirit than lowly to divide the spoil with the proud. So the point here, Jonathan, is that Wicca really is a self-centered approach that honors and worships the world around you. In the second hour, we're going to get into divination, what it is, what what casting spells is all about, and why we as Christians need to talk about this, need to understand it, need to recognize it so we can understand the dangers, the dark, dark dangers. If we're not on in your area, go to ChristianQuestions.com and click Listen Live. Stay with us. This is an important program. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, how bad can white witchcraft be? I think you're getting a hint. Much more in the second hour. We'll be back soon, but till then, think about it. This is Christian Questions. Ronald Reagan once said, Peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the ability to handle conflict by peaceful means. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Christian Questions. Talk radio with your breakfast with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And we're talking about a tough one this morning. Halloween is coming up this Friday. And typically at this time of year, Jonathan, we always do a program that nobody likes. Yep. <laughs> and today we're focusing, well, what's the question today? All right. It is, how bad can white witchcraft be? And Rick, our theme text is found in Galatians 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And in the first hour, we talked about paganism, the roots of paganism, and the perspective of scripture on paganism. And we began to introduce Wicca, white witchcraft, which actually came into play as a, sort of an organized growth um, in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has grown into a 
major recognized religion. Wicca is a religion. But Wicca they don't is like church. They don't like the word religion, though. Right. It, it, that's true. They don't. They don't like. They certainly don't like the word church. Yet later on, we're going to quote from a website called the Church and School of Wicca. So they want to be recognized as viable in our world today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the thing. That's true. And and the idea behind witchcraft is the harnessing of power. Of, of the elements and the harnessing of your personal power because you, in fact, are a god according to Wiccan thinking and pagan thinking to manipulate things around you. Um, the four elements, earth, wind, water, and fire, are four things that they seek as, as their building blocks of harnessing. In the first hour, we listened to a soundbite on earth, what it means to a Wiccan, uh, and we didn't have time to get to the next one, which is air. So, so Matt, let's go to soundbite seven for that. Then you have the element of air. This, the element of air is all about thought. The element of air is that first thought that comes into your mind when you say, hey, I need some abundance in my life so I can buy a new car or I can buy a house or I can get a new pair of shoes. Whatever it is that you need abundance for, you feel you need abundance for. The element of air creates that first thought. The element of air symbolizes beginnings. It's associated with the early morning or dawn time of day. And that's because... It represents beginnings, and that's the beginning of the day. And uh, this is a great element to work with if you're trying to make a fresh start in life, if you're trying to start a new project, or you need to increase your ability to communicate. The element of air, is uh, it empowers word magic, and that's something, being an air sign, that I find so powerful is the power of word so, uh, again, a lot there. The, the concept of air is thought and beginnings and, and abundance and, and all. So the, the point is, as a witch, as a Wiccan, if you are needing some help in certain areas, you call in the spirit of the earth or the spirit of air to, to give you the energy to be able to manipulate things. That, that's, the, that's the concept Behind all of this. And how far has that concept crept into Christianity? That's yeah. kind of scary. Well, it is. And, and we'll, we'll comment on that in, in a few minutes. But unfortunately, you're right. Unfortunately, much of Christianity has fallen prey to pagan thought and, and practice. And that's a, that is that is a very, very scary thought. Folks, if you do have a thought, we'd love to hear from you at 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. Out from the dark ages and into the light of today, join us 24-7 at ChristianQuestions.com. Rick, can I read a scripture? Um, not yet. Oh. <laughs> Let's go to water. Um, we we want to we want to uh, just understand the idea. Well, what does water do in terms of calling in the elements for magic, uh, magical rituals? The element of water is linked to the emotions. Okay, the mo the emotions, our tears. It the element of water is all about the flow of life, the harmony. It brings the other other elements together in alignment with each other. It's the element of sympathy, empathy, compassion, purity. Uh, it's uh, a wonderful element to help detoxify the mind, body, and spirit. If you're looking to tear down the walls that you put up when you've been hurt or had your heart broke, water helps you heal. It's very, very healing. It's great also for intuition. It heightens your ability to sense things, sense other people, and to really connect with other people from the heart. 
Now, the interesting thing about all the, the things with water is there's a lot of truth in what they say in terms of, of water and, it, and, and its, its revitalizing characteristics and all of that. Yeah. That's really true. And you can see how they take things that are good and true but, try, but attribute a kind of energy to them that does not belong and then attribute the ability to take that energy, funnel it through themselves to do other things, and that also does not belong. And Jonathan, there was a scripture you wanted to read, I so do. I've got to let you read it quick. Thank you. Psalms 29, 2. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in holy array. So, bottom line is, put your worship where it belongs, Lord God Almighty, uh, through Jesus. That's what we want to focus on. Having said that, let's talk more about magic. Okay. <laughs> this is from uh, Wicca.com. And, and, folks, listen carefully to this paragraph describing magic. It is a powerful description and one that should really help you understand why we are so adamant about talking about this and letting you understand how it works. Magic works. This is the first thing you have to learn. If you don't believe that magic gives you power to reshape the universe, you're wasting your time. Because if you believe a spell or ritual won't work, it won't. Period. And if you do believe in the power of magic, then you need to realize that when you use it, you are putting your hands on the same forces that move the tides and spawn tornadoes, and that by doing so, you have the potential to harm yourself or others. I have often compared working magic to rock climbing. It takes years of study and practice before you're ready to try it. It is fairly safe if you know what you're doing, and take appropriate safety precautions. At the same time, a mistake can ruin your whole day or worse. So the principle is magic works, but you're putting your hands on great, great power. And folks, that that kind of power has no business in the hands of humanity. No. That's the danger. Matthew 26, 39 to 42. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Now see, that's the difference between Jesus Christ himself and the Wiccan pagan principles of drawing power to harness to, to do what you want. No self-will here at all. Right. right. So let's do three comparisons. Casting spells presses your will forward. But Jesus pressed God's will forward. Right, right. right. Casting spells presumes that you know. But Christian prayer knows that God knows. Right. Casting spells tells the universe what to do. But Christian prayer asks God what to do. There can't be bigger differences than those three differences we just talked you're about. W- you're right. That's you're right. why we look at this, we examine it, and we say, folks, you need to understand the depth of the danger of the practice of magic. White or black, it does not matter. It is dangerous. Again, some of the people involved in Wicca that I know, great people. Their practices, bad practices, because they're involved in darkness. Let's go back to the, uh, uh, as, as we try to understand magic a little bit, uh, that, that same uh, Wiccan who is explaining the elements, and now she's going to be talking a little bit about some of the tools of magic. 
tools in physical form are basically an extension of your own energy. When you take a wand and you cast a circle with it, what that wand is doing is directing your own energy. It is guiding your own energy into a specific place and then moving it around in a circle. It's extending your own energy. Okay? You don't have to have it. It's just there to help kind of refine your work. You know, and I use the example in my ebook Crystals of the Craft talking about crystals that, you know, crystals don't do the magic for you. If you're trying to lose weight, a crystal isn't going to suck the fat from your body. Only you can do that. But what the crystal does is it acts as a tool to align you with the motivation and that which you need in order to start putting forth the effort to lose weight. So, so it talks about you know wands and crystals and 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 and, and the idea that they're they're tools to use, but they don't do the magic. And, you know, when you think of a magic wand, there's all kinds of pictures that might come into your head. Oh yeah. You know, Harry Potter is one of the, the, the big pictures. And of all of the, I mean, look, you have you have witchcraft expressed through through Disney movies all over the place. Oh, for years. Right. There's a difference though between the Disney things and the Harry Potter thing. And the Disney things are fantasy, you know, fantastic things in a fantasy world, and it's easy to classify them as fantasy. Harry Potter's in this, this real world, and talking about actual, real um, um, witch, witchcraft applying to today. That's the danger. And when you think of Harry Potter's wand, you know, the, the stick or whatever it is, it, it's, it's there to refine your energy as if you're something so special. That's the problem. That's that the is danger. The problem. Now, now there's there's a folks. If you have a thought, it's eight six six nine eight five four two five five. Toll free eight six six nine eight five four. All we're live Sunday mornings from seven to nine, and that means we're on right now. Well, Kathy, our tweet master wants you to tweet us, and you tweet us at CQ Net Radio. So follow us on Twitter as well, and also check out Facebook. The law of threefold return has to do something to do with the the practice of magic as well. Witches have a very strict belief in the law of three, which states that whatever we send out into our world shall return to us threefold either good or bane. With this in mind, a true witch who hesitate in doing magic to harm or manipulate another, because that boomerang we throw out eventually will come back to us much larger and harder than when we threw it. The problem is, Jonathan, by doing magic, you are playing with power that you don't even understand. And who are you to think that, oh, I can do this and it's safe? Yeah, harm is always going to happen. Right, right. Matthew seven eleven to 12, just the opposite perspective. Ah, thank you. <laughs> if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. So there is the law of do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That is scriptural. The difference here is the scripture is not saying, you know, try to, to harness powers to manipulate things. It's just saying be a good human being to others. Right. There's a big difference between those two. Absolutely. And you know what? If you want to lose weight, you don't need magic. You need self Discipline. Hey, there you go. There you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go to another soundbite. This is from the Danger and Deception of Wicca uh, uh, area, uh, talking about rituals. Well, a ritual puts you in a frame of mind that is uh, specifically geared towards spirituality. Debbie Coughlin has been a practicing witch for over 10 years. She represents one of the nearly half million practicing witches in North America. Their practice is called witchcraft, the craft, or as many modern worshippers prefer, 
Wicca. Wicca has become a philosophy of life for me. I perceive challenges that uh, happen throughout my life in a more positive light. Um, I feel more in focus, more in tune with my life. The whole concept of witchcraft and paganism and Eastern mysticism, it looks to yourself. You have to better yourself, enable your power, become more forceful with what you feel that you're weak in in order to overcome a difficulty you have. So the, the, the point is, I mean, you heard from an actual witch and then you heard the rebuttal, if you will, and, and the idea is, you know, I feel better dealing with things. Well, of course you do, because you've been told that you have power now that you didn't have before. So there's security in power. The problem is there's also carelessness and a lack of understanding in such power. And, and, and Jonathan, the, you know, the interesting thing about Wicca is, you know, reaching up to is, is spirituality for, for Wiccan. Reaching across to manipulate other things is what the craft is all about. Which craft? The craft is the actual physical spell casting that tries to change things around you while you worship up. So it's vertical and horizontal. And again, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. We should not be trying to manipulate the world around us. We should execute change by simply being who we are. Galatians 6, 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whoever, uh, whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap uh, from the flesh corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. So that's spirituality in a vertical sense, looking up, praising God. Spirituality, eternal life. Now finish it up. Let us then loose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who are of the household of faith. See, that's how a Christian is supposed to express their faith is by doing good to others, not with some outside power, but because we're Christian. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject, how bad can white witchcraft be? Why and how are Wiccans connected with the seasons? Is it because they live on the earth too? So do farmers. That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back to Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how bad can white witchcraft be? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-FOR-ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And to learn about upcoming programs and new updates posted, go to our website, and there's also over 500 archive programs. It's at ChristianQuestions.com. What a great website. The folks that to work on that just do a marvelous, marvelous job. Don't forget to sign up for Seeker Rewind, the full edition. Don't forget the Christian Questions app that you can get for your smartphone. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. I mean, there's so many things to not forget. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things we do want you to not forget also is why we're talking about witchcraft. Yeah, remind me. Wait. <laughs> because when you understand how it works... And now, now, the people that often get involved in Wicca are very, very good, wholesome people. I have nothing against that. But the processes and the tools that they use are dark, mysterious, satanic, and dangerous. So you say, well, they don't worship Satan. No, they don't. But dark power comes from Satan. Let's understand that. And that's why we say we need to be warned against it. Let's go to uh, another soundbite here, Jonathan. Uh, we got the fourth element uh, from this uh, Wiccan teacher, and this is about fire. 
Then you have fire. Now, fire is the element that's the hardest to pin down. You know that Earth's associated with the physical self. Then you have air, the mental aspect of the self or of the universe. You have water, which is linked to the emotions, but fire is linked to sexuality. It's linked to our action, the actual physical movement and energy that we give to what we do. It's unpredictable. It's spontaneous. It's intense. Fire is uh, in your face. It's very bold. It's very spontaneous. And it comes out as being or wants you to, to think that it's the most powerful element. But water can take fire, it can put fire out, but fire is extremely intense, it's very bold, and it's very um, attention-seeking. So fire would be the element you'd want to work with to uh, increase your leadership abilities, to overcome shyness, to attract attention, to heighten your sexual awareness, to increase your vitality and lust for life. See, now, now, several things in that, Jonathan, but one thing that struck me about what she was saying is fire wants you to believe that it's the most powerful element. Right. So, so it's ascribing personality to these elements. They, they are alive in a, in a very uh, um, sentient kind of a way. And that's the danger of all this. It's utterly confusing. It, and it's so dangerous that this has crept into Christianity. Yeah, it really has. Um, I mean, there are evangelists out there using fire to to actually do miracles or show strength. Yes. God doesn't need that. Of course not. Of course it not. It draws attention. It, it attracts people, but it's, but it's a false attraction. L- let's go to, before we go to the phones, let's go to uh, just a quick paragraph from Wicca.com about uh, the seasons and so forth. Samhain means end of summer. And is the third and final harvest. The dark winter half of the year commences on this Sabbath. It generally celebrated on October 31st, but some traditions prefer November 1st. It is one of the two spirit nights each year and the others being Beltane. It is a magical interval when the mundane laws of law and space are temporarily suspended and the thin veil between the worlds is lifted. Communicating with the ancestors and departed loved ones is easy at this time. That's what Halloween is really all about. That's that's really what Halloween is all about. Communicating with the departed. Yes, it's about it's about spirits and evil spirits. And the problem is, in in old traditions, the evil spirits would come across from the other side, and that's why they would have their gourds and their and their with the with the lights in them, with the scary faces, to scare away the evil spirits. So they wouldn't be harmed. Right. Right. So. Okay. It's a, Halloween's a very... I, look, I know that kids love it and trick-or-treat and it's all fun and games. I like candy. Yeah, There's well, no doubt well, about that. That's right. But <laughs> there, this is the dark side and the seasons are very, very, very important uh, to uh, a pagan ritual and culture as is with Wicca. Let's read one more scripture then we'll go to the phone. Yay. Psalm 104, 19-24. He made the moon for the seasons. The sun knows the place of its setting. You appoint darkness and it becomes night in which all the beasts of the forest prowl about. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their food from God. When the sun rises, they withdraw and lie down in their dens. Man goes forth to his work and to his labor until evening. O Lord, how many are your works? In wisdom you have made all of them. The earth is full of your possessions. So, paganism, Wicca, worship and follow the seasons. And the scriptures tell us that God made the moon for the seasons. That's right. God made that. How wonderful are the works and wisdom of God Almighty 
put our worship where it belongs, above that which is created to the Creator. Well, Rick, we'll go to the phones, and we have Randall from Connecticut. Good morning, Randall, and welcome to Christian Questions. Good morning. Happy Sunday, guys. To you, too. And we have Ephesians 3.19. To know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Happiness is not in the world or in creatures. Happiness is being in Christ. We can enjoy the world, but happiness does not come from the world, but from God. Psalm 34.10 The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Wicca seeks to provide happiness in the world through the matter of the world. Holiness comes from God who makes matter. The happiness of the Christian transcends the world. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him, by the power at work within us, is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask or imagine. Randall, thanks so much. We appreciate it. God bless you guys. Take you care. Too. So, you know, it's interesting because he says, you know, the, the idea of happiness comes from God, and, and, and he's right. He is. And, and you know, happiness comes from God. Uh, our responsibilities and what we should do and shouldn't do come from God. Mm-hmm. All of these things ought to come from God. It is, a, it is the higher source that helps us to define things. It is the source with the, 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 the personality not the earth that is supposed to have a personality, not the wind that's supposed to have a personality, not the not the water or the fire that are supposed to have personalities. That you, you don't call in the energies from those things to manipulate the world around you. And here's the, 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 the difficult thing, Jonathan, to understand is magic does work. It does. It does work, not all the time, but it does work, and that's why it's so dangerous. That's why we need to be so, so careful. Let's get back to a little bit more on the on uh, Wiccan, the ritual year of witchcraft. We're going to go to a soundbite on that. And again, folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Another kind of ritual is festival ritual, or the, the ritual year of pagans. Um, it's conceptualized as a wheel with the spokes passing through the seasonal transition, so each spoke is, is one festival. So we have Samhain, which is Halloween in our modern calendar. You have uh, winter solstice, Imbolc, which marks the start of spring, spring equinox, Bjeltna, which marks the start of summer, summer solstice, which is today. Uh, it's normally celebrated on the 21st by pagans, even though the, the solstice can actually vary by a day either way. Um, you also have Lunasa, which is the harvest ritual, and autumn equinox. So she lists out several different uh, um, Wiccan and pagan cultural holidays, cultural focal points. So, Jonathan, let's just go through them. We just talked about Samhain just a, a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is October 31st, November 1st. That is, and, and again, you know, the, the, the idea of All Saints Day being on November 1st, well, how, why... I don't even believe in All Saints Day, but that's not the point. The, f- the fact that All Saints Day was in the spring and moved to the fall was for the purpose of trying to water down pagan thinking. Yeah. And what yeah. ended up happening is, is exactly the opposite. It waters down Christian thinking. Absolutely. Just, just so we understand that. But let's go through these different, we, we talked about sound, these different uh, times of year, what they are and what they symbolize. All right. The next one, Rick, is Yule, the date 
varies from December 20th to December 23rd, depending on the year in the Gratian calendar. Yule is also known as the winter solstice in the northern hemisphere and the summer solstice in the southern hemisphere. Yule is when the dark half of the year relinquishes to the light half, known as solstice night or the longest night of the year or the sun's rebirth was celebrated with much joy. So solstice is an important aspect and it was symbolizing the sun's rebirth because now it's going to start to become lighter more more uh, easily. Mm-hmm. Next one. February 1st or 2nd is Ibolic in, in, in bulk. Thanks. In bulk means to in the belly of the mother because that is where seeds are beginning to stir as it is spring. Okay, so f- early February you've got spring right around the corner. Seeds are beginning to stir. They acknowledge and worship that idea in, in, in ritual. What's next? March 21st, Ostera, spring or the vernal equinox. The next full moon, a time of increased births, is called the Ostera and is sacred to Estera, the Saxon lunar goddess of fertility, from whence we get the word estrogen whose two symbols were the egg and the rabbit. So, you know, you're, you're, you're the looking... The egg and the rabbit. That's yeah. interesting. Easter, there you have it. I mean, so again, all pagan. <laughs> Just face the Whoa. facts. What's next? April 30th or May 1st, Beltane. The name comes from Bel, Belinos being one name for the sun god, whose coronations feast we now celebrate. As summer begins, weather becomes warmer, and the plant world blossoms. An exuberant mood prevails. In old Celtic tradition, it was time of the unabashed sexual promiscuity. And the interesting thing about that is, is even at that time, especially this Beltane thing, um, there were in in some cultures, it was basically for that one night, you tra- you literally trade in your wedding ring. Unbelievable. So you know that's wow. where where this all comes from, and th- those are parts of. What you have in terms of, the, of this culture. Uh, what's next? June 21st, summer solstice, Litha. The opposite of Yule, on this longest day of the year, light and life are abundant. At midsummer, the sun god has reached the moment of his greatest strength, sealed on his greenwood throne. He is also lord of the forest. So again, the sun god, his greatest strength. It gives, you, it gives personality to something that has none. And they worship that personality. What's next? All right. Um, this one's interesting because you're going to have to pronounce it. July 31st, August 1st. Lungsna. Uh, uh, she said it on the soundbite. We'll, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Lamas. <laughs> At Lamas, sometimes called the other word, it's time to celebrate the first harvest of the year and recognize that the hot summer days are soon come to an end. The plants of spring wither and drop seeds to ensure future crops. Grains are ready to be harvested, and the fruits are ripe for picking. So you, you see how the cycles of the earth, the cycles of the moon, and the cycles of the sun, as those cycles change, they are tuned in to those cycles and use those cycles as a reason for their celebrations. And what's the last one? Maban, uh, autumn equinox, second harvest, September 21st. Maban, pronounced Maban is the autumn equinox. The autumn equinox divides the day and night equally, and we all take a moment to pay our respects to the impending dark. We also give thanks to the waning sunlight as we store our harvest of this year's crops. So you have these cycles. That's what paganism, what Wicca really is based on. It, it fluctuates 
with the cycles of nature. It's good to recognize cycles. Of Farmers recognize cycles. They appreciate. There's a difference between everything. recognition yeah, and worship. Exactly. There's a difference between seeing things as they are and attributing powers to them that don't belong. Yes. And the scriptures, again, put it all in perspective in very few words. Deuteronomy 4.19. And beware not to lift up your eyes to heaven and see the sun and the moon and the stars, all the hosts of heaven, and be drawn away and worship them and serve them, those which the Lord your God has allotted to all the peoples under the whole heaven. So... There it is. Yeah, it's it's a very simple statement. Don't worship the things that God created. Worship God, and Him only shall we serve. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how bad can white witchcraft be? Coming up, do Wiccans look into the future and see things which we cannot see? Now, we do believe in fallen angels that we can't see. That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how bad can white witchcraft be? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, before we go to the next soundbite uh, about the dangers of, of witchcraft and divination and so forth, one of the reasons that I became alerted to this subject, and you'll remember this from several years ago, was uh, we were early on in Christian Questions, we were doing a program on Halloween and, and witchcraft, and I was talking to my family about it. My, all my kids were still in high school. Right. And I mentioned that we're doing a program, and I mentioned Wicca. And my daughter Emily says, oh, I know a Wiccan. I said, what do you mean you know? Uh, it, was, it was very surprising. Now, Emily is, uh, is going to be 30 this year. So this is going back yeah, several years. Sure it is. Yep, okay. Yep. And, and, it, and she said, oh, yeah, yeah, he, he goes to school with us. And so I asked her a lot of questions. And then I said, does he do spells? And, you know, I'm asking. She actually brought me home his spell book. Oh, my. And I just wanted to see it. I wanted to see what it was, you know. And, and it just that made me understand that this is everywhere. And that was probably 13 or 14 years ago. Wow. So think about it in terms of how far it's developed and progressed today. So let's go to a soundbite, uh, the danger and deception of Wicca, uh, talking about deity. And this is important. Again, folks, it's important to understand the, the, the basis of the belief to understand how dangerous it is. What's appealing to Wiccans is the ability to be goddesses or godlike. Deity is within each of us and therefore in our own right. Each of us are God, goddess, deity. Yeah. And the, you know, the whole concept of being a god is pretty powerful. One of the tenets of our religion is that we believe in both uh, the transcendence and eminence of the deity. It's both within and without us, and that's called panentheism. And being connected with the creator, in turn, we are also creators. So there you have it. We are also creators with the creators, plural for them, not singular, God Almighty. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, uh, deity is within us and outside of us. Deity for them is in rocks and plants and animals and the earth and so forth and so on. This, Folks, this is a misrepresentation of the created world that we live in. So let's talk about divination and scrying. 
scrying is a strange word. It is. Again, this is from uh, the uh, CelticConnectionWicca.com. If you're unfamiliar with the term divination, it is simply the use of an object or objects to ascertain answers to questions or to see an event or events which are not perceivable to the average person. Witches and pagans have also been credited with having such powers, with being able to see the unseen. This is merely a result of our ability to work out our spirit guides as spirit twins to obtain answers to the questions we seek. In the following sections, we will cover these methods and the various tools employed to achieve these goals. So they're talking about spirit guides and spirit twins. We're going to come back. Hold that thought. We're going to come back to it. So divination is looking into the future using things to help you see the future. A crystal ball, mm. crystals. Uh, the, the, the eight ball. Yeah, the little magic eight ball that the yeah. kids had. You Ma- know. Matt came up with that yeah. one. <laughs> so the idea is looking into the future. Again, trying to see something that... You're really not supposed to see or can't see. Well, what does Scripture say about seeing the future? Let's look at Luke 10, 23 to 24. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. So the only scriptural evidence of seeing the future is when a prophecy is given of God or a message is delivered of God. Even if we desire to see things... It may not be appropriate. Or the, the proper time. Right. So the idea is, uh, the idea of Wicca is, you know, do as you will. Sometimes what I would like, sometimes my internal will is not in harmony with the will of God. That's right. And we cannot step outside of that harmony to do whatever it is we just would like to do. If we run ahead of him, we will stumble and have difficulty yes. in trial because of it. And the idea of Wicca is, st- is, is, is living far outside the protection of God Almighty because it does not recognize God Almighty. Folks, if you have a thought, now would be the time, 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And if you would like to write us, you can write us at Christian Questions, P.O. Box 1837, New London, Connecticut, 06320. Jonathan, let's go to another soundbite from the danger and deception of Wicca. And this is just simply talking about the danger of magic. If you talk to a Wiccan and say, do you pray, they will say yes. They communicate with powers and principalities and spirits in order to have what they want. They do magic rituals in order to empower themselves. Prayer is when you ask God of something. You you make a request. Magic is more like a demand. As a former Wiccan, Kathy Sharp says that when witches practice magic or spells... They cross the line from innocent play to serious trouble. I think those, the powers of, of magic are real. I really think that there is something going on, something that is carrying out what you want done. I'm not sure that I'm able to put a name on that force. So the idea is, is, is magic, and that woman said it very well. Magic is more like a demand for what you want. You know, prayer, we ask God. Mm-hmm. For what we would like to see, right? And we are willing to accept a no answer mm-hmm. because yes, we want His right. will. Exactly. But magic is saying, "I am proclaiming, forcing." You know, and and and, uh, and and Jonathan, a pagan ritualistic approach to Christianity. And folks, some of you may not like this, but here it comes: is the phrase in some Christian circles, "I declare and decree 
that this and this and this will happen. Oh yeah. And what is you're 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 controlling and forcing the issue. Danger. That is not what we ought to be doing. Let, let's talk about those spirit guides and spirit twins. I mean, what doesn't that right there make you shudder a little bit? It does. Satan's followers' presence condition is what? Second Corinthians eleven fourteen and fifteen. And no marvel, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Now, you touched on this scripture earlier in the program. The idea here is that when Satan looks like uh, he is a bearer of light, the deception is that much greater. Oh, it is. Wicca looks like it is a bearer of light. It does. But in fact... Its energy, what it draws from, what it attempts to do, and how it labels the world and the universe is all a summation of darkness. Mm -hmm. And so you can have the greatest intentions to want to do good. And you say, well, the only spells that I cast are to be positive and to help the people in the world around me. Wonderful thought. Dangerous execution. Mm-hmm. You don't want to execute things in, in those ways. Again, let's go back to Deuteronomy. All in all, we are sufficiently warned against pagan practice and belief, going back to the Old Testament, Deuteronomy 18, 9 to 12. When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughters pass through the fire, one who has divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens, or a sorcerer, or one who casts spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. So, again, another really important aspect of this, Jonathan, is in in that scripture, it lumps some very, very obviously dark things. You know, sacrificing children. Oh. In, in, in fire. I mean, How come awful. on. I mean, everybody knows the darkness of that, the, the hideousness of that. But it lumps those dark things with one who practices witchcraft, who interprets omens, uh, who casts spells, or one who is a medium. Those things can be interpreted in our day as being, well, there's good, there's a positive use for them. No, there's not, Rick. So, and that's the point. The scriptures lump them all together under the broad umbrella of pagan ritualistic, magic-type practices and things to stay away from. And you know, one other in- interesting side point, Jonathan, when, when, when Wiccans talk about magic, the, the word magic, M-A-G-I-C, mm-hmm. they spell it M-A-G-I-C-K. And the reason they do that is because magic, you know, when you go to see somebody do a magic, magic trick, mm-hmm. that's illusion. So when they say magic and they add the K to it, what they're basically saying is, this is not illusion, this is real. It may have the same name, but we spell it differently to illustrate that this is something that actually happens, not something that's illusionary. Interesting. Okay. One last sound bite, Jonathan, before we begin to wrap this up today. Um, and, folks, I, we're really going to talk about this, the danger and deception of Wicca, the shiny package that magic has. Hollywood has picked up on Wicca's allure and has geared it towards an influential teen audience. It's very seductive, and it's wrapped up in a really shiny package. If you turn on the television or walk into the bookstore or go to the movies, the occult is everywhere. It's a control and power that's attractive to seekers that are becoming younger and younger. 
Through movies, literature, and games, children are charmed by spells and the lure of magic. And usually what's happening today is that children are being introduced or people are being introduced because they want to just have power. I mean, we are living in a corrupt world with pain and hurt, and we are trying to control ourselves and just get through day by day. So the shiny package is a very dangerous thing. And it's focused on the immature. Yeah, and that's exactly the point. When, 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 you have, when you have a bunch of kids watching Harry Potter movies and there's a, a flood in the marketplace of Harry Potter wands and I don't know what else there is, but the, the wand is the only thing I can think of, okay? What, what is that telling you? You're giving a child a toy that is an implement of magic, of real magic. And you say, well, it's just a toy. What are you doing? Are, are, do, we, do, we <laughs> do we want, do we not warn our, our families, our, our friends, our children about the potential dangers of what they're playing at? I mean, when you think about it, if, when somebody buys a pack of cigarettes, there is a m- major warning on the side. That's right. This can hurt you, this can kill you. Magic can hurt you especially in the hands of the immature. Mm-hmm. Why would we allow those things without understanding? And, you, say, and you, say, you know, folks, if you're listening, you're saying, guys, you know, you're really getting, going too far. No, we're not. No, we're not. Because this is power. This is attempting to access power that humanity has no right to. And to think that it's the earth power or the sun power or the air power or the water power that you're getting, that's not what you're getting. You're getting satanic power. That's right. That's what you're getting. It may look like all of those other things, but Satan is a master at, 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 um, at disguising himself. <sighs> okay, now that I got that off my chest. Thank you for, so how do we for cope, stating that. How do we cope with all this? You've got to know what you believe in. First John 1, verses 5 through 8. This is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If you say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, with the blood of Jesus his Son, which cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So we have to walk in the light. Not in light, but in the light. We have to seek holiness in our lives. 1 Peter 1, 14-16. As obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. So holiness is setting oneself apart for a godly purpose. In our discussion of Wicca this morning, folks, our objective, our sole objective has been to help you understand that it is real, that magic does work, and we wanted you to understand some of the underlying principles of how it works and how the belief system works so you can be aware that it is not a toy. And especially to protect your children. Yes. This is not something to be trifled with. No. This is not something to say, oh, it's just child's play. Oh, they're just playing around. Well, you know what? You can say that. But just realize that the energy and the powers that they are calling for, uh, upon have to be satanic because we know that the earth does not have a personality, nor does the sun and so forth and so on. Final thought is really simple. Romans 8.31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, 
who can be against us? The key point here, folks, is to call upon the power of the Almighty God for His protection, His mercy, and His care, and stay far away, stay far away from the practices of things like Wicca. For Jonathan and Rick, it's Christian Questions. We hope you've enjoyed being with us today. We'll be back again next week with a brighter topic. But till then, witchcraft, white witchcraft, be careful. Think about it.